Next on BYU Sports Nation, the biggest storyline for BYU football this weekend. Hint, it's not New Mexico State. Your only child scored his 1,000th point last night. Where will he rank all-time when all is said and done? Plus, which BYU team is the most likely to bring home the next national championship to Provo? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, November 16th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with karma historian Jerem Jordan. Well, in 1374, it was one of the first instances of the BYU Sports Nation karma, despite the fact that BYU had not been created. <laughs> Yoli Childs joined us earlier this week on BYU Sports Nation and guaranteed that he would hit a three-pointer last night. You're yeah. gonna, you will make a three-pointer this week. Let's hope. It's going to happen. We got, we got to. No, it's going to happen. It. I appreciate you that. You will do that this week. All right. We'll go, what do you think, eight for eight next game? Well, he followed through, He'd not exactly with the eight. eight for eight. That was ambitious. But his first shot attempted last night, a three-pointer. Swish! We played What's the Chance, and we said that he would make one tomorrow. Or yesterday. It was tomorrow, yesterday. Yeah. And he did. And he did, which was awesome. And it brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. State the other night had a lot of turnovers early and then settled in. Yoli looking for his first three of the year. And after seven misses, he knocks it down. Uh, Clearly, clearly the point of the sky in reference to the point of the sky he made in Studio B connecting the powers of BYU Sports Nation. Yes. If one is good, more are better. Yoli hit two threes in last night's game. He made the only three-pointer that BYU had go through the net in the second half. It wasn't good shooting in the second half from the distance, but Yoli Childs got her done. But 17 plus. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The curse hey, apparently does row. not translate over to two basketball. I don't want to hear it from the haters. It's <laughs> 17 plus, you curse us. 24 points, 14 rebounds for yeah. Yoli Childs. He's good at basketball. Memorable night. He's good. Here are today's, oh, or here I should say, is the rest of today's show lineup. Spencer Hadley. Played football at BYU. His younger brother, him. Matt Hadley, currently plays football for the Brigham Young University. Spencer will join us in 15 minutes. What is senior day like at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Does he have any advice for his brother? He'll tell us. And Sean Olmstead releases the BYU men's volleyball schedule live on the show in 40 minutes. 40. You know there's going to be some big games on there. Can't wait to hear what Sean has to say about the approaching slate for men's volleyball. See it right now? There it is. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you later. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football celebrating senior night tomorrow night when they host New Mexico State. Senior running back Matt Hadley, just talked about him, says the team's focus remains centered on at least one of their major season goals. Setting uh, you know, the senior night aside, that's... Uh... That is one of our big focuses this week. Obviously, New Mexico State as an opponent, but then um, to to accomplish one of our goals 
uh, is, is huge for us this week. That goal being getting to six wins and becoming bowl eligible. Tune in to BYU TV 9 Eastern for Countdown to kick off. Listen to the pregame show on BYU Radio at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Or whenever the basketball game postgame ends as well. BYU men's basketball beats Oral Roberts 85-65, as mentioned, as Yoli Childs becomes the 51st player in program history to score 1,000 points. To Yo out front. Angle right, McKay Cannons. Trade away Harding. Harding over the shoulder to Yo at the free throw line. A 10-foot jump hook that's good for Yoli Childs. A little far out, but he made the shot and got hit on it. And by the way, Yoli Childs, having hit 16 points, is hit 1,000. Indeed he did. The Cougars host Alabama tomorrow. We want Bama at 6 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. They host who? Alabama. Oh, okay. BYU women's volleyball. Champions again. Yeah. Beat St. Mary's yesterday in four sets, giving the ladies another outright West Coast Conference championship for a fifth consecutive year. The Cougars take on Pacific Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, trying to stay perfect and atop all of the important polls. I would keep that trophy in hand just in case. BYU Cross Country competes in the NCAA Championships tomorrow in Madison, Wisconsin. The women's team is ranked ninth, runs at 11.45 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, and the men are ranked second. They compete at 12.45. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. There are several big storylines going into tomorrow's game for BYU football with New Mexico State. Let's list a few, shall we? One, it's senior day. 25 different seniors will take the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the final time. One of those 25 is Tanner Mangum. How much will he play as the backup after a roller coaster career comes to an end in front of his home crowd? BYU can become bowl eligible with the win against New Mexico State. The Cougars are a 24-point favorite. Oh, and then there's Utah one week away. But what about focusing on the opponent and the opponent alone? New Mexico State. Jerem, what's the biggest storyline in tomorrow's New Mexico State-BYU game? Bowl eligibility. After last season, BYU didn't go to a bowl game. Going to a bowl game would be progress. To me, it is that. It's the minimum threshold for progress. Obviously, if BYU had five wins, that'd be progress. But having a losing record would not be progress. And having a losing record is still up for grabs, even if BYU gets to a bowl and wins tomorrow. BYU's got to beat Utah to avoid that. So I say bowl eligibility, man. That would be a big deal. Going to a bowl game is not a hard thing. Winning half of your games shouldn't be hard, um, but last year it was. This year, BYU's played a tough schedule, but is starting a freshman quarterback, has had some injuries in notable places. They're not the only team with this situation, but getting to a bowl game would be good. I concur, Doctor. The ripple effect that was left across BYU Sports Nation after BYU did not go to a bowl game last season was lasting and very impactful. So, yes, it's all about getting back to a bowl game which BYU will do. They will become bowl eligible tomorrow night. Number two on the list for me is how much will Tanner Mangum play on senior night? He started the season. He led BYU to two road power five wins. Things did not go well after that at Washington and at Utah State, thus prompting the coaching staff to put in true freshman Zach Wilson. He has remained the starter. But here we are, BYU against an abysmal New Mexico State team. And you would think if Tanner Mangum played the whole game, BYU would be just fine. But how much do you need to leave Zach Wilson in there to get ready for Utah? How much will Tanner Mangum play is number two on the list for me. 
I, I anticipate Tanner will play. If he does not, that means the game was too close. Or there was something really bad that happened. How much will weather play a factor in tomorrow night's game? Because at one point we're maybe a little bit of rain or a dusting of snow. A it's going to be cold like for sure. It's going to be cold. So will that factor in at all? It shouldn't that much. One, because BYU loves to run the ball. So regardless of the weather, if you don't have to pass it a lot and you feel like you can run successfully, then you should still find success on offense. Apparently it's going to snow tomorrow at some point. And be a high of 41. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would go with a scarf and a hat and gloves if I was you on the set there. <laughs> so I asked this question to Jason Shepard uh, when you were off the show a few days ago. If BYU does indeed go to a bowl game at 6-6, six and six, but they lose said bowl game and finish 6-7, and seven, does that then count as a successful season? A topic for another day. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So that's that's why the bowl eligibility thing is the biggest storyline for both. It's just it's everything for BYU getting back to that threshold. Last night, Yoli Child scored his 1,000th point, as we mentioned, as Cougar uh, became the 51st to do so. Congratulations. Childs has become the Cougars' best player, one of the most athletic forwards to don the Cougar Blue. So, Spencer, where will Yoli Childs rank on the list of Cougar all-time hoopsters when all is said and done? Well, if we're just going with a subjective opinion, which we typically do here. The show is based on that very fact. I'd say top 10 all-time at BYU. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think Yoli Childs is a very good player. If he stays all four years, for sure. I don't think he will. I don't think he will either. I think he is planning on having an outstanding season, potentially being the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. He is the preseason favorite to do that, according to some blogsters out there that cover West Coast Conference basketball. Uh, I, top 10, I, I just think he's uh, a top uni- ten's high. He's really a unique good. player. He, he reminds me a lot of Keena Young, but I think he's a much better shooter than Keena Young. Um, and Keena was a great player. He was tops of the Conference Mountain West. Of the year, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think Yoli Childs is a better version of Keena Young. Where do we place Keena? Probably I, I, top 15, top 20, right? I, I would not put Keena in the top 20. Top, you wouldn't put him in the top 20 no, players. No, I would not. BYU has a rich history of excellence. A Mountain West Conference a, player of the year. They've had plenty of those guys over the years. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not exactly sure where Yoli fits. He's, I think he's top 25, probably. But in, in terms of the most athletic players in BYU history, top five. Like, BYU has not seen the likes of Yoli Childs often. Yeah, which is why I say he's top 10. He's pretty incredible. So if he has a similar season to last year, he's going to finish after this year. In Top 15 in points. Three years. Top How many years? Top five in rebounds and top five in blocks. Okay, If he plays next year as well and has a similar season to his sophomore year, he would finish sixth in points and be the number one rebounder and number one blocker in BYU history. So Yoli Childs is certainly a tremendous talent, and athletically, BYU has not seen a player like him very often, perhaps if at, if at all at the forward position. The most athletic guys that BYU's had generally have been the guards, the Travis Hansons and the Mike Halls and those types, right? But at forward, like, who can out-rebound Yoli Childs? Like, his, his, his frame, his verticality, uh, is tremendous, and it's going to be fun to watch him his junior year. Somewhere One, Jeff which, Chapman is saying, uh, excuse me, fellas, uh, throw yeah. me into the athletic conversation. No. I can rebound. Yeah, they, and I'm not saying anyone isn't. I'm just saying Yoli's one of those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, unique athlete, which is why I think he'll finish top 10 because he has uh, he is a skill set and presents a skill set that BYU, as you pointed out, hasn't seen very often. BYU women's volleyball last night 
won a fifth consecutive West Coast Conference championship. They are currently ranked number one in the country. They are one of four top ten teams on campus right now, joining men's cross country at number two, women's cross country at number nine, and BYU men's golf at number nine. Jerem, which BYU top ten team is most likely to win a national championship? It's men's cross country to me, and here's why. It's one race. It's not six races. The women's volleyball team would have to win six games to win the national title. And without McKenna Miller now. And without McKenna Miller. I'm not saying the women's volleyball team cannot do this. In fact, I think women's volleyball has got a legit shot at getting to the Final Four without McKenna Miller. But it's one race. And BYU's number two. And you have one race, one day, you're the national champs. Women's volleyball has got to be great. You know, a couple of times once they get out of those first and second rounds. So nobody understands. Yeah, nobody understands the one race philosophy better than men's cross country based on what happened last year. When, they finished third, and we were all disappointed. And it was like, well, it was third. They it was were, good. but they, uh, but they had said national championship or bust. Yeah, they were one of the favorites to right. win a national championship. Northern Arizona ended up winning it. They were down, <laughs> apparently. Now they're back up and loaded once again. And NAU is probably going to be picked to win the national championship. They're number one. They're number one, so they've got to be the likely favorites. BYU men's cross country understands that concept very well. It's one race. You show up one day and figure it out, then, yeah, it's a national title. We've seen UMBC beat Virginia in one basketball game. Like, I don't think it's too crazy to think that on one day you can be better than that team. Logistically speaking, it is men's cross country. Right, and men's basketball beat Gonzaga in the one game, and BYU beat Wisconsin, right, in the one game. If you play that game a bunch more, women's volleyball is going to have to be awesome in six games. Perhaps not awesome in the first and second round. They could probably be a B team and win those. But the risk is there that you're just done, right, in the first round as a one seed potentially in a couple weeks for BYU women's volleyball. Yeah, and I think think BYU makes a run in women's volleyball. In fact, they probably need to go to the Elite Eight or will be disappointed given how the season's played. Oh, if they have home court advantage all the way up through the Elite Eight, I think people will be disappointed if they don't go to the Final Four. Yeah, and and the heat's on because they've been so good, and they're still undefeated. Like, I'm really enjoying the women's volleyball team. I think women's cross country is hoping they finish in the top five in national titles. A good goal, but ambitious. And then the men's golf team right now, they're a surprise. So we're not expecting them to win the national title. And we have until, what, April, May with the NCAA championship. So it's a long season. Yeah, Another top 10 finish for women's cross country would be yes. incredible. Yes, I think they're overachieving based on preseason. And they're still right building now. BYU men's cross country, more developed uh, with the recruiting and whatnot. Yeah. We want championships for everyone. Not going to happen. But I'll take one national title from any of those teams. It's been a while. One. It's been a while. I'll take one. Yeah. Our question of the day. What is the biggest storyline in tomorrow's New Mexico State BYU football game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Russ Melrose Answers on Twitter. Win and get bowl eligible. Nothing else matters. That had to be the easiest question ever. I also like the Metallica song reference. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. At BYU.bow underscore W. Answers on Instagram. Tanner Mangum leading all the senior players to the middle of the field during halftime and enjoy a standing ovation for all they have done for the program and all the joy they have brought to the fans. There's an idea. Halftime. Halftime standing ovation. Well, they do a pregame thing. More likely to be a pregame standing ovation if at any, if at any time. 
But for all the fans that go, L- listen. If you're a hardcore BYU fan, you'll be there. We're gonna find. We're gonna find out who's who. There's a certain religion that has a certain number that go to heaven, right? I think we're gonna find out who those people are for BYU football. I am. At, yeah, <laughs> I will ask again. You all to sacrifice. 144,000. Your sure. Saturday night. It's cold. <laughs> it's gonna be late. I know. Yeah. It's. The day before church, you got to get up early. Your kids are tired. I'm teaching Elders Quorum. I haven't prepped the lesson at all. I don't know when I'm doing that. Show up for BYU football. Well, this is morning. a unique senior class in a unique situation yeah. for sure. Yet we work for a TV station, so also watch it. What? Coming up, going for two heats up down the regular season football stretch. Is there any chance BYU football is looking ahead to next Saturday? Spencer Hadley will answer that question and many more. He joins us in studio next. Speak for the whole team. Yeah, are they, man. Are they focused on Utah or what? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday night, watch the Cougars prepare for New Mexico State on senior night and a chance at bowl eligibility starting at 9 Eastern on Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. This is how we do it with your BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show at BYUSN.com and experience it whenever you want. Our question of the day, what is the biggest storyline in tomorrow's New Mexico State BYU football game? Hashtag BYUSN at YFangirl underscore JB in on Twitter. Senior night. There is a huge number of seniors that will be playing their last game in LAS tomorrow, 25 to be exact, that have given so much to this program. I hope the fans show up and give them the send-off they deserve. I, I, I just don't think a lot of people are going to go. Like, it's cold. It's New Mexico State. It is what it is. You know, people – like, I hope there's a huge crowd there. I, re- I really do, but – Please shock us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please exactly. shock us. Yeah, I, I will be. I will be shocked if there are a bunch of people there. Joining I'm us hoping now. there are. Go to the game. Yes, shock us. Come Enjoy on, it. let's go. Yeah. Joining us now in Studio B is the older brother of one of those 25 seniors and former BYU football standout. Had a stint in the NFL as well. Linebacker Spencer Hadley is back on the show. Spence, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Good to see you. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Surrounded by Spencers. It's, <laughs> what a blessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Snark is thick in that statement. Uh, your senior day um, happened eons ago. Yeah, long time ago. Five years to be specific. What do you remember about Jeez. that uh, senior day game? I think it was against Idaho State. It was against Idaho State. It featured an immobilizer on my leg. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you didn't play in the game, right? No. No, I, yeah, because I'd, I'd torn my um, MCL against Wisconsin, and it was, I was out the remainder of the year. So, missed, I, I hobbled out on my senior day, like, much like Matt did last year for his first one of the two. <laughs> So, so was that weird emotionally? Like, oh, I can't even play in this? Yeah, it was. It was hard. I, I, think it, I think it made it, well, for me especially, harder. Um, and you probably know this now. You've been around me for, you know, four years and then Matt for a couple of years. And um, we're pretty emotional people. So emotionally, that was, it was, that was a tough, that was a tough hurdle that, you know, you don't plan on at the beginning of your senior year. You kind of, you try to picture and you try to envision what, what senior day is going to be like when you get there. You know, last time we're on this field, how much that field means to you, the guys that you're playing with, the guys that you're playing for, 
the university. I mean, you, you know, taking it all in, what's that going to be like when you take your, your last step onto and then your last step off of that field that's been your home? And then when you get there and you're not playing, it's a whole nother element of this is hard. Did the emotions and the understandable disappointment of that senior game in some way help push you forward to get you to the NFL? I, I think so. I mean, I don't know, you know, did I look back at like, because there, there were tough times. In fact, I was with uh, Jordan Pendleton last night. Um, he's coaching the, the Sky Ridge you know, high school that um, they're playing in the state championship today. So they actually, I, I was, it was cool. They asked me to come and talk to the teams. We did a little thing last night. But he and I were talking and because uh, I trained with him, you know, after I'd been with the Saints for a little bit um, before I got on with the Raiders. And we just were talking about what that was like going through there. There were ups and downs, you know. And I don't know if during that time I was thinking back, like, man, I missed my senior game. I got to make this work, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it, it, you know, I think it definitely played a, a factor. Like how big of a factor, I'm not sure. But it, yeah, it definitely made you want to play more football. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. yes. Your brother Matt. <laughs> Has uh, been at BYU since 1972. Right, um, right. Since before me. Yeah, right, it's yeah. Crazy. It's your younger brother. I caught up with him. Yeah, it was yeah, great. It's, it's crazy. Uh, he's become the number one running back. Like, he's yeah. getting the most carries. Um, he was a tremendous running back in high school. Mm-hmm. Were you hoping that at some point he'd get a shot at running back? Yeah, you know, we talked about it all the time. I think from the moment he stepped foot on campus, it was like we, we talked about him maybe, you know, getting the shot to play or that he should be playing running back. And he, you know, He's not the fastest kid on the team. He's not the strongest kid on the team. Um, probably not even the smartest kid on the team, but he does everything well. And one of the things that I think he does extremely well at running back is he sees the field unfold in front of him in, in a way that you can't teach, you know? And on the 59-yard reception on the screenplay against mm-hmm. Houston State, that was manifest strongly. Yeah. Like, his vision was incredible. Well, and, and yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but that doesn't mean my bias is wrong, right? <laughs> um, you see him in, in different points in that run and in other runs, not just seeing where he needs to go, but seeing, like, a little shift of movement or a step here or a step there to set up a defender to then open up a hole that wouldn't be there. If, you know what I mean? Like, he, the way he moves, it's so instinctive, you can't teach it. It's just guys either have it and it manifests on the field, or they don't, and they're kind of a downhill one cut back, and they hit, which is you know a great thing too. Well, we've seen the cutback effect multiple times this season, where he goes entirely away from where the run is designed, and it right. turns into a huge play or a touchdown. Yeah. Most recently you, against you UMass, there, yeah. right? And that's 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 what I'm saying is you you don't you can't teach that reaction. You that's a feeling. You know what I mean? Like when you're running, because that happens so fast. You know, for us sitting on the sofa and watching, it's so easy to be, get, you know, come on, what are you doing? Why are you going that way? Go the other way. The hole's there. It happens so stinking fast. And it's, you, you can't really think about it. You just have to feel the pressure and then know where to go accordingly. And, and he, he does that very well. He'll be one of those 25 seniors that uh, get honored before the game. You, you can see every one of those uh, on Canada and the Kickoff tomorrow night, by the way. Let's talk about this BYU defense. Quietly, top 35 in yeah. every major category. Surprising. You played on a top five defense there in 2012 and 2013. Mm-hmm. You guys were really good as well. Um, that side of the ball has carried this team. Yeah. Yeah, they've played very well. And, and I would even say this is maybe controversial, because they're loaded with talent. There's a bunch of great players on the defense, but I think due to injuries 
And then due to, and probably partly because of injuries, a lack of consistency, it it kind of it surprises me that they're ranked and they're doing as well as they are. Um, you know, when you lose, especially in the linebacking core, where we've lost, you know, due to injury, guys have come gone and come back, and then you know we lost, you know, Zane Anderson for the year. Um, huge was was not huge blow to the team. Exactly, exactly, and and that's tough, especially at that position. You know, it's not all positions are important on both sides of the ball, but your your, your linebacking core, it's it's almost like a dance. The way you play together, you know, the three or the four of you, or how many you got in, you know, depending on the the formation or the personnel. But you almost have to understand who you're in the game with and how they play the play, and you move together as a unit. Because it, as much as you are a bunch of individuals, you're not a bunch of individuals when you're playing linebacker. You have to move together, much like an offensive line moves together, you know. So it's, it's, and it's difficult to do when you've got guys coming in and out of the rotation to be on the same page and to be effective. And they've done a, they've done a good job. I've, I've been, I expected, uh, I guess, more like frustration watching the defense mm. than I've seen this year. I think they, they've overachieved based on the adversity that they've faced. And, yeah. We know all about the safety dance, but now we know about the linebacker dance. Yeah. Yes, courtesy of Spencer Hadley, who joins us now on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Good grief. The injuries at one point required your brother, who is now starting at running back, to play linebacker. Let's not forget that he was playing linebacker at one point this season. Yeah, not not many guys can do that. And, uh, again, I'm biased, but he, he's a very intelligent individual, Matt is. He he plays really – he's smart. You know, and that's, I think that's what puts him in a lot of you know, positions to make plays. But not many guys can play offense for a few ga- games – switch over to defense for a few games, switch back to offense for a few games, and be effective, you know, and be relatively mistake-free. I mean, no one plays a perfect game, and he certainly hasn't in the games that he's played in, but, but he's been consistent, reliable, effective, and that's tough to do when you're switching positions, much less switching sides of the ball, you know. So it, it, anyway, high praise from an older brother. To, to what he's accomplished. Yeah, he's done well and been a crucial piece, right? Like, if there's no Matt Hadley, kind of who is running the ball, um, it, it'd right. be a little crazy. Uh, at six yards a pop. At six yards a pop, which leads the team minimum yeah. carries, okay? Uh, no disrespect to Dylan Collier's nine carries, where he averages 6.4. But anyway, <laughs> um, Utah is next Get week. Get 10 and then come talk yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah, then. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Next week's Utah, okay? This yeah, week's New Mexico State, a team that BYU should beat at home, 24-point mm-hmm. favorite, senior night. But the bowl game's on the line, so certainly motivation's there. But Utah's next week. How can BYU make sure they're ready for Utah next week? Because that's a Utah team that's ranked 19th. I, by taking care of business this week. Um, and, you know, we as fans, we love to speculate, you know, two and three games ahead. And, and, and no player is, like, such a lockbox that I'm only thinking about this week, you know, especially when you're, I mean, gosh, it's Utah, right? And and we're playing them. We don't believe any of them. Yeah, they say. Well, we're focused on this. It's like right, right, yes, right. No, but come on. It's it's there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're human, right? But I think the best thing to prepare them to go in and win at Rice Cycles is to win this week. And I think they know that. I think they know, based on the adversity they've had this year, based on the kind of inconsistency that we've seen from the team. I mean, one week you got a team you think 
beat anybody in, in the country. And then the next week, you got a team that you're like, gosh, dang, it's kind of tough to be a BYU fan right now. <laughs> that, that's just kind of been the way the season's gone. You know, we, we, you get one team and you get the other, and you're like, hey, I don't know what team's showing up this week, but I guess that's the nature of sports in general. But I think they understand that they can't afford to look ahead. You know, they, they've got to come into this game ready to go against this opponent. And a 24-point favorite, like, none of that means anything to us when you're, when you're playing. You know, when you're out there and you're, the guy across from you is, you know, 6'3 and 225 or, you know, 240 pounds. And you're like, okay, that's a dude. Like, like I got to beat this guy, you know. like 24-point yeah. favorite. We're going to be fine. Yeah, but he's a beast. So I got to <laughs> get my job done, you know. So I, I think they know that, and I think they'll come in prepared to, to beat. New Mexico State. So Spencer Hadley with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU and NFL linebacker. What's the biggest storyline tomorrow? And I'll give you a few options here. The fact that it's senior day and 25 seniors are going to be honored. How much will a guy like Tanner Mangum play? That has become a discussion point. Your brother's mm-hmm. best friend. Yeah. Bowl eligibility, of course, is on the line. You get six wins. BYU gets back into the bowl conversation. And uh, you already addressed Utah one week away. Then there's New Mexico State. But uh, I personally don't think that it is about New Mexico State tomorrow. I think it's about one of the previous four. What do you think? Sure, I I think I think more than more than any of them. I think I'll throw out a new one. Ooh. It's win at home. It's let's finish the season at home in, in the right way, on the right note. Um, definitely bowl eligibility is right up there. Senior night is a it's a big thing for the seniors. And, 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 and for everybody else, because you want to send your buddies off, right, you know. But I, once, I mean, once the whistle blows and the game starts, you know, and you, you, you get the first pop in the shoulder pads and it's kind of like everything just kind of, and it's gone and you're just, it's the game. Senior night's like, who cares? Let's, you know, it's, it's what, it's right in front of us. It's the game, you know. So I, I think winning the game, even the bowl is like, you're not thinking about it when you're trying to focus on your assignment and, you know, getting your job done and, and uh, thinking about the bull swag, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, where are we gonna go for our bull? <laughs> you know, you take it. Watch. Yeah, am I gonna get the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, or what? Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's not really. So I think the biggest, you know, the, the the main focus for the players, right? If that's what we're talking about, you know, to guess it's different, maybe for the fans, it's like the fans or for the, yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah. Give me that cougar tail. But um, for the players, it's gonna be let's win at home. And let's let's send our seniors off right. I think those two things will probably be what's on their mind the most. And BYU would finish at 500 with a win at home. It'd be nice to avoid a crazy loss at home that would ruin everything. Oh, and it would <laughs> that would, yeah, be the would ruin things on multiple levels. Yes. Uh, let's not even think about that. BYU 24 point favorite. They gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> don't bring that. Don't win. bring that bad juju they in here. They should. They should win. Uh, Spencer, we'd love for you to sign our new Sailor Coog flag if yeah. you wouldn't mind. All right. We need we need Let's a raider that, on there. Where's Matt's signature? It's right here. Oh, it's up a rise. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Sign it. Is. Sign it above <laughs> his. Yeah. Sign it above <laughs> his. A little bit bigger. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. Higher than the brother, and uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit bigger. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's well played. Okay, coming up, head coach Sean Olmstead joins us to unveil the 2019 men's volleyball schedule. And next. I practice my best Heisman pose on Jerem Jordan as he efforts the greatest comeback in going for two history. <laughs> you cool with this? I award you no points. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU men's basketball plays its third home game this week, tomorrow at 6 Eastern, against the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. We want Bama A&M. 
Pre-game on BYU Radio starts at 5 Eastern time. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Headlines part two. BYU football hosting senior night and hosting New Mexico State in the 2018 Lavelle Edwards Stadium finale. Tune in to BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern for complete pregame coverage. See all 25 of those seniors honored on Countdown to Kickoff. If you're on the radio side, listen to the pregame show at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. BYU men's basketball beats Oral Roberts 85-65 as Yoli Childs becomes the 51st player in program history to score 1,000 points. Also, BYU announces the signing of Shang Zhu Lee to a national letter of intent. Lee is 6'10", averaged 6.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game at Santa Margarita Catholic. Bacho Gewa. Pass me the dang ball. BYU women's volleyball outlasted St. Mary's in Moraga, three sets to one, giving the ladies yet another West Coast Conference championship, a fifth consecutive. The Cougars, number one in the country, lone unbeaten team in the country, will take both of those marks on the road to Pacific and Stockton, California, Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And BYU Cross Country competes in the NCAA Championships tomorrow in Madison, Wisconsin. The women's team is ranked ninth, runs at 11.45 a.m. Eastern time, and the men are ranked second and compete at 12.45. Let's go for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Through 10 games. We have made a total of 20 picks, each pick worth one point. Currently, I'm at 50% with 10 points. Jerem Jordan making a push after going two for two for the first time this season. The last week is at seven and a half. If you want to know how he got the half point, we'll tell you another day. (laughs) Jerem, you have the honors to go first. What are you going to do to try and go two for two in back-to-back weeks? Make two correct picks is the answer. All right. Number one, BYU will rush for 200-plus yards. It's only happened two times this season. It will happen again tomorrow. And my second pick, BYU will win the turnover battle. Those are my two picks. I am coming for you. Wait, BYU only rushed for 200-plus twice this season? I thought it was three times. No? It, it is twice. I will look it up and show you. Can, okay, I believe you. I, I do believe you. For some reason... Apparently not. You more. called me out on no, national... No, for some reason I was thinking called me out more. on national TV! No, I'll look it up. Not that it matters to your pick, because even if it were three, you'd still say they're going to rush for 200 yeah, plus. Yeah, yeah, It yeah, doesn't yeah, really yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, BYU will win the turnover battle. Yeah. What, 280 okay. 221, you missed. Okay, so I, it, was it was the 191 one. at Wisconsin that was throwing me yes. off a little bit. Well, All right. You're good, you're good. Check, fact check, we're good. BYU wins the turnover battle. Yeah. Man, you really are trying to. <laughs> Dude, I'm grooving a fastball. Dude, yeah, exactly. This one. Just trying to get back I didn't go seven this plus on this one. <laughs> you could have. Yeah. Oh, BYU is a 24 point favorite. Jerem, I think for my first pick, BYU will score 24 plus points in the first half. Okay. Typically, they don't start. I fast. think that's the expectation. They don't start fast. They've yeah. done it one time this year against Hawaii. They had 14 want, points in the first quarter. Oh, you want some data? I'll look up some more data. Here we go. BYU will score 24-plus <laughs> points in the first half against New Mexico State. So there is a tinge of bold in that first prediction. Not meant to be bold, just accurate. No, right? I think I'll be right. So it doesn't but matter if it's bold as long as anything. New Mexico is right. giving up 23.1 a game in the first half Ooh, this year. There you go. 24-plus. You're, You're over that. Yeah. And number two, Tanner Mangum will play more than one quarter, Jerem. <clears throat> I think BYU puts this thing out of reach in a hurry, and they give Tanner Mangum the ball for a good deal of the game. He's going to play for longer than a quarter. He's going to play more than one quarter. Okay, coming up, what Cougar put up the best mark in his sport in the country 
last night. It's a great tease. And I'll try and one-up it because we've got Sean Olmstead in studio to unveil this year's BYU men's yeah. volleyball schedule live. Let's do it big. This is BYU Sports Nation. Beat the Bruins. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV and BYU Radio have all your pregame coverage tomorrow as you get ready for BYU and Nuevo Mexico State. Jason Shepard gets things started on the radio after basketball postgame coverage around 8.15, 8.30 Eastern. Then BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff with your boy Spencer Linton and company is live at 9 Eastern. Put your booties on. It's cold outside. Yeah, that's one of those games where I'm glad I'm inside. Whew. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation where it is warm in Studio B with our question of the day. Yes, if you can, go to the game. If you can't, watch Countdown to Kickoff. It's pretty simple. We want both. Also, watch it on your phone. Stream it. Stream it in the stadium because there's there's Wi-Fi there. Yeah, it works. It's great. What is the biggest storyline in tomorrow's New Mexico State at BYU football game? At random comment four answers on Twitter. There's an amazing handle. There are three. They had to go to four. An amazing handle. Do they look strong enough to challenge Utah? That's one of the storylines, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's somewhat disrespectful to uh, overlook the opponent. I'll admit as much. Well, that's coach speak, and we need more coach speak in Studio B right now, yeah. which is going to happen with Sean Olmstead, the head coach of BYU men's volleyball. <laughs> back on the show. It's been way too long, man. Welcome back. Way too long. Yes, I agree. Couldn't say it any. Couldn't say it any better. <laughs> Too. <long. laughs> Let's talk to somebody about that. Come on. Yeah. Who we got to speak to. Yeah. You know who to talk to. It's not us. Uh, let's unveil the 2019 BYU men's volleyball schedule. But before we get into the very specifics, let's just. You've seen the rundown, and we'll get to all of the games. Just give us uh, an opening statement, if you will, on what you think about this year's rundown. Yeah, no, we're excited. We've been in the gym for a few months now, you know, since the start of school in different groups. And now we're together as a team getting after it. You know, we were going to be on the road actually competing with Pepperdine this weekend. Uh, but that, unfortunately, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, their school got shut down. And so essentially the, the non-season sports were just kind of dealt with and said, hey, you're, you're shutting down completely. Mm. And so we were going to meet them up in Vegas and have a nice uh, match, a couple matches tomorrow. And so that got that uh, taken off the table. Um, Marv Dumphy's house was right in the middle of it all. He stayed and fought the fire and wow. he sent me a pretty cool video. Uh, was everything from, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marv and, wow. and his neighbor kind of stayed back and, and fought the fire. So our thoughts are with all those guys. But um, So we've been in the gym. We, we like this group. You know, of course, we lost a handful of kind of veterans and, and faces that, you know, the fans and everybody's very familiar with over the last few years, guys like Price, Leo, Brendan, that have been kind of some constants on our team and our program. And so it's exciting for these new guys. We, you know, we had young guys last year step up and play, you know, Felipe and Gabby played uh, a really important role with our team last year and our success. So um, we've got uh, a nice mixture of those guys coming back an opportunity for them to stand out and, and take over some of the things uh, left behind from the other guys. Let's talk about this schedule, and let's uh, show it for the uh, viewers. You can also uh, get the full schedule on BYUcougars.com. You open with Ohio State and Provo. This is a fantastic match on January 10th, and then Ball State two nights later. How would you line up those two games, especially the Buckeyes and Provo? Yeah, that was something that Pete and I discussed a few years ago. 
Um, maybe game. maybe after right. yeah yeah maybe after one of those losses to him in the, in the finals. I can't remember when we started to to, <laughs> to talk it up. It. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> he wanted us to come out there and, and play, and we opened up for them last year at their place. And, and won. so yeah, and had a, a great match, a great five set match there, and then. Uh, we traveled to Ball State. You know, we're able to drive there. So the travel for them is a little differently because they're going to be at Stanford and then they've got to have a day to fly. So we're going to open with Ohio State. I mean, that's exciting right there, right off the bat. Great program. And uh, so that'll be exciting for our guys. And Ball State, it's just nice to get teams that haven't been here for, for years and that both those coaches felt that same way. Hey, we really want to come to Provo. Let's work it out. And it's a great place to play. So we're going to go with that. The home-to-road balance is always an interesting topic for a coach when you're putting together a schedule. Um, Again, six of the first eight on the road, then 11 of 12 at home. Uh, What do you like about that? What do you not like about that setup? Yeah, you know, you do have to find that balance, and and sometimes it's not always, you know, perfect. I'd like to – I like that home stretch, but, you know – like you said, we've got to go on the road a bit at the start, and that's going to be – it's nice that it's kind of at the beginning of the semester and then in the thick of the academic calendar, you know, we're able to be here and, and be home in, in Provo, and then we've got to finish again kind of on the road. So uh, we like the home slate. You know, it's going to be nice to be here. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'd be nicer to be in California or warmer climate during that stretch at, at times, you know, through the winter, but – uh, we're happy with it, and we're excited about uh, all the matchups we've got. Twelve conference matchups in the MPSF. Eleven non-con. We mentioned Ohio State, Ball State at Penn State at St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the nuns out there, that'll be great. Um, I'm just kidding. At Santa Barbara, where you're from, and then and then you start conference play at Pepperdine at UCLA. That mm-hmm. to open conference play, that will be a challenge in uh, yep. early February. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone. Every team on on our schedule, you know, bringing Irvine here, that's a a powerhouse in the the Big West now, Uh, going to Santa Barbara, playing at Santa Barbara, you know, every one of those matchups. But, you know, kicking things off with Pepperdine and UCLA, that's I like that. I'm excited about that because those are the those are the staples in the in the MPSF. Those are the matchups that for so many years have been so great. And so, uh, yeah, all of it. We're excited about it. Did Long Beach State want to play a game? Did you want to play? They're not on the schedule. Perhaps yeah. you meet them in the postseason. But. Yeah, you know, we've, we've met, mixed up a couple times a few years ago, um, and so we just haven't been able to get back on the schedule, and they're hosting. And so, you know, the NCAA, the, NCAA championship. And so there's a handful of teams that were knocking on their door to get in there and, you know, get a chance to play in that arena, uh, you know, in preparation for ideally being there at the end uh, for the Final Four. On Valentine's Day, you open up a homestand, Concordia, USC, Grand Canyon, a couple of teams in there that uh, are still relative newcomers to Mm -hmm. uh, the conference. And and then you follow it up with Stanford before you go back out on the road at Stanford. Uh, When you you want – you always want to protect the home court. Um, Sometimes when you're always expected to win on the home floor, it's it's easy for fans to just expect the team to show up. Oh, they're going to win. It's going to be easy. How do you help your guys stay focused in on that when when you're expected to beat a lot of these teams? Yeah, but uh, you know that I can I can admit that that hasn't been the case. You know, we lost a match to Concordia here at home last year, and we you know we've had tough five set matches here at home. And and the thing that uh, I like about that is that 
ideally that's changing the mindset of the guys in terms of, okay, we can't just show up yeah. and, you know, because this place is full and, you know, there's a, a good vibe that we're just going to kind of walk through that match. And, uh, you know, Concordia, look at the season they put together last year. You know, they, they put together, they were, they were competing with every team in our conference, knocked us off, you know, and, and, and Sean's done a great job there. It's got that program, you know, it's just, uh, they're rolling, and so we really can't go into any of these matches and just think that, okay, we're at home, we're at the Smithfield house, so, hey, the chips are going to fall as they always do fall, and so I kind of like that, that we've got to be a little more prepared that way. That's the New Mexico State game this weekend, by the way. The same idea. Yeah. Right? Right. With football? Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And <clears throat> Granted, Concordia is a lot better at volleyball than New Mexico State is at football. Right, but when, we're, when will Alderson <laughs> Brodus be on the schedule? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Your sister Heather is coaching the number one team in the country. Yeah, they're twenty six and zero. Love it. What do you think of what they've done? It's oh, incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, how exciting! How great is that? How how it's they're perfect. Yeah. Yeah, get goosebumps. You know, they're just they're rolling, and it's so, it's a fun team to watch. And you know, I'm I'm a as much a fan as anybody else watching those guys compete an outstanding coaching staff, all of them together. And, uh, they've just got a nice team right now. And so I'm really, really excited to see what they're going to do. How many of the current players on the women's team did you recruit at one point? Uh, most, uh, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble, but most of them, uh, were recruits that, yeah, committed to our program when I was there with the women's team. And uh, so Mary Lake, Ronnie, McKenna Miller, and all those girls. So uh, I've got a great relationship with with that group of girls. And uh, a couple, Heather and, um, I mean, even Kennedy committed to, you know, when I was there as the head coach. So a handful of them. So like I said, it's I'm in this journey. To get I'm, to yeah, them. like, yeah. look at I'm so excited for them. And, and they're going to do great things. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. Like I said, Heather's doing a great job. She, uh, she's got her blinders on in the right way, got her team going the right way. And so right now, uh, here we go. The fun part starts, you know, a couple weeks, Selection Sunday, and here we go. Yeah, I only ask that question, Sean, because I just want you to take more credit, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, no, no. Look what, look what, what a great job they've done, and I'm so excited, and they're going to go, and just, it is fun for me to watch a few of those kids, because I remember, you know, you look at a story like Ronnie, I don't think, I know she's getting right. a lot of pub, but people don't know the story. Here's a kid that's going to go, you could say she's going to be the player of the year in the NCAA and she's my pick right now what she's done oh. and that's a kid that nobody recruited you know and we're sitting in in my office you know and just there was so many of these cool things that stood out about her and her parents and just you could see you could see that in her and look what she's done yeah awesome and she went to oh, a great high school as I well. love it <laughs> Upper Hills. That <laughs> Jeremy had to get well, that. Am I signing our flag? Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah like, Why are you know. handing me a sharpie? Like, here, I was going to sign. Here, you know, I was going to sign your chest. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> well, we'll do that during the break. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll remove my shirt. Yeah. Yes, please sign the Sailor Coog. Yes, I don't want to fall off the back. You would here. like? Yeah. yeah, don't hurt yourself. Okay. Schedule's out, people. Get your tickets now. And it opens up against Ohio State. I love it. Two matches later at Penn State. Yes. Bring it. Okay. Coming up, Cougars are competing for a national championship this weekend. We'll tell you about it. And. One Cougar is the fastest in the nation. Find out who and in what sport. This is BYU Sports Nation. Track's not going. 
Shout out to today's guests, Spencer Hadley and Sean Olmstead. We just released the BYU men's volleyball schedule with the head coach in studio. If you missed that or any part of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. <sighs> Sorry, I ran out of time for Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football hosts New Mexico State tomorrow night. Watch Countdown to kickoff at 9 Eastern time. Men's basketball. Beat Oral Roberts 85-65. Yoli Childs, 51st player in program history to go over 1,000 points. Alabama A&M in the Marriott Center tomorrow at 6 Eastern. BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU also announced the signing of Shengzhu Lee, a 6'10 player, center rather, averaged 6.8 points and 5.6 rebounds a game at Santa Margarita Catholic. Volleyball. Women's volleyball team, still number one, remains undefeated. 26-0, one in four sets at St. Mary's. They play at Pacific tomorrow. Cross country. Competing in the NCAA championships tomorrow in Madison, Wisconsin. The women's team ranked ninth, run at 11.45 a.m. Eastern. The men ranked second, compete at 12.45 p.m. Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy on the Lions hosts the Panthers. Taysom Hill and the Saints host the Eagles. Women's basketball. Host Eastern Washington at 3 Eastern tomorrow. Guard Paisley Johnson currently leading the Cougars with 32 total points and 19 rebounds. Today's rise and shout goes to the Olmstead family. Unbelievable effort that they have made <laughs> to help BYU be volleyball awesome. ascend the ranks, literally. I mean, at what point do we recognize that BYU right now is a volleyball school? I mentioned that uh, earlier in the year, and then someone of note, Told you, tell Jerem we're a football school. Well, not saying that BYU isn't <laughs> a football school per se, but it's a football school. But the, the volleyball, volleyball success has now forced that conversation. Talk about the two pairs together being great. It's volleyball. What's the biggest storyline in tomorrow's New Mexico State BYU game? Elite Voice today presented by Sundance Mantra Resort, celebrating 50 years at Melman Mark. Bowl eligibility, baby. Win and we're in. Lose and the pressure to beat Utah becomes more of a distraction than a motivator, in my opinion. Probably. Go get yeah. it done, boys. I believe that. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ossie Antonetti. Go Cougs. Beat New Mexico State. I love Ossie, dude.